What show is this? Uh, this is Craft Beer Radio. Episode 65, January 4th, 2007. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, the show dedicated to craft beer and the craft brewing industry. And I hope we start with the music correctly this time, because last time was a little bit messed up. Really? Yeah. Oh. It, it, the music just started and then it just... Oops. Oh, well. Well, we'll see how that works out. <laughs> I put your ending in, though. You did put the ending in. We can just alternate those. <laughs> this is Jeff Bear. This is Greg Weiss. And tonight we're going to be doing some Irish and Scottish style ales. I It'll love be fun. It. So um, let's move. Let's start off with a little bit of business. You sure. can always send us feedback to our email address, beer at craftbeerradio.com. You can check out our Frapper map. You can dig us on dig.com. Please dig us on dig.com. Yeah, get some people to know about the Craft Beer Radio Show. Tell a friend. Yes, absolutely. Tell a friend about Craft Beer Radio. Donate to us. Yes, give us money so we can go to the Great American Beer Festival. Buy Draft Magazine. Guess what? The discount's up. Mm-hmm. Yes, so you can go to our website. There's a link on the very top of our website. You can get $8 off the regular price, and you can get a one-year subscription for eleven ninety nine. I may take them up on that offer. Join our multi-brew. Next week, I'll have all the details worked out. <laughs> Greg just kept on going. We were going spring- right to sprinkle some of these businesses in later, but Greg tore through them. So it's time for some beer. Let's do this you beer first. What my interests are. This is the Kelpie Seaweed Ale from Heather Ale Limited, the brewery Craig Mill in United Kingdom, Scotland. 4.4% alcohol by volume. The style is a Scottish Gruet. Ancient herbed ale. Now, I've had uh, a Gruet before the Extreme Beer Fest. Now, Gruets don't have hops in them. No, they don't. So this is not technically a beer if you go by the idea that beers must contain hops. But it is an ale, depending on which era you take the definition from. Now, we're drinking these out of... Uh, flutes. Flutes. So this is pouring a really dark red... Yeah, it's a lot darker than I would have imagined for this beer. With kind of peach highlights and just about a finger's worth of head in the flute, although you got a couple more. The smell is fruity. You do get some heather there. This one doesn't have the heather in it. It doesn't? No, this is the seaweed one. Then how can I smell heather? Maybe there is heather in it. Let's see. Their little description says, At least 400 years ago, the coastal island farmers of Scotland used seaweed beds to grow their cereal crops. The barley produced very interesting flavors in the Ellen whiskey they produced, including bladderwack seaweed in the mash tun, along with organic barley, gives a wholesome dark ale a distinctive color. Rich chocolate ale with an aroma of sea breeze, a distinctive roast flavor, and crisp, salty finish. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> sounds, sounds like some fish are in there. Perfect for seafood and breads. So it tastes very aqueous. Yeah, it is, that that is not what I was looking for, but yes, it is aqueous. I was thinking more of the the. It definitely has that Scottish character. Very low hopping, mm-hmm. and well, this one is a gruit, so so no hopping. But even the malt has some of that like peat smoked malt type flavor to mm-hmm. it. So it tastes kind of like what a Scottish ale could taste like. Again, it's one of those hard ones to describe. Getting any salty finish, though? There is kind of a brininess okay. that I associate with, you know, probably a seaweedish thing. Um, 
And yeah, a little bit of, yeah, especially back of my tongue. Okay. Saltiness is coming through. Um, you get bitterness that, that you generally would associate with pretty much direct salt. Uh, there is some chocolate notes, bitter chocolate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're certain. Get, I mean, the primary thing I'm getting in this flavor is the the malt, and uh, you know it's the that barley produced with sea, seaweed in the dirt, and uh, um, I guess having the seaweed in the mash tun is really giving you that flavor. It must, I'm curious what kind of malt it is, whether it's a there's some chocolate malt in there or if it's a, a dark caramel or something like that. I'm not sure. Or if there is peat smoked malt in there. It's not really smoky. It's just kind of the flavor you get from that whole Scottish, you know, genre. It has kind of the, the aqueous nature that, that I generally associate with organic ales. Uh, they tend to be a little bit less... Um, the malts tend to be a little bit less profound. Okay. And uh, the, the, the water or the liquid nature is a little bit more pronounced. Pretty enjoyable. It's it's different. It's not you know. It's definitely very drinkable. It, it goes down very easy and smooth. It's um, not going to be. It's not a harsh beer by any you know, stretch of the imagination, and it has some maybe a little bit of a dark fruit with it too. I mean, some sort of a raisinish kind of flavor. I'm getting a kick out of it. Yeah, See yeah, I'm definitely know. enjoying it. It's a it's a nice it's a light bodied beer. Yeah, even though it's so dark and finishes pretty clean, but it has some good enjoyable flavors in it. Let's see, some emails here. West Seattle Steve wrote in. West Seattle Steve writes in about the Winter's Bourbon Cascale. I wouldn't pay any good money for this. Beer is very vanilla in the taste. I think that Anheuser-Busch and their marketers joined the Pepsi Coke crowd and adding vanilla to their product. Tastes like a multi-Pepsi with vanilla. I guess that's one way to look at it. He also goes on to say that Sam Adams has a premium pack of Patriot beer in a seasonal 12-pack. Reviews of that may not be appropriate for the main show. Well, we did do the uh, the whole show on the Brewer <laughs> yes, Patriot Four Pack. They were perfect enough for us. That was the CBR number fifty six. Was our the Patriot beer really interesting? And like we, you know, I'll say it again because they deserve it. I give kudos to them for just kind of just for doing it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive for such a large brewery to put out something like that. I mean, you know, it's not like it has or. Just push. It's not like Sam Adams doesn't do good things, but I mean that was off the wall. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Oh, Rick Sellers wrote in, and he's uh, he's quoting me here. Jeff says something like, "If I tasted the Alaskan winter a blind, I don't know if I could rate it higher than silly man." That's why we do a blind tasting. It was surprised me too, to be honest. The brown sugar came in five out of thirty, and the winter solstice was three out of thirty. But the Alaska winter was just so freaking drinkable and pleasant was simply flawless. That refers to his... Uh, I think what I was trying to... The point I was trying to make was... And I understand his point when, you, when you're really blind and when you think you're drinking blind or, or two different things. But I just couldn't... I'm not sure if, how I could have picked the Alaskan with all those punch-you-in-the-face beers. It might have just got missed, you know? Right. So... Well. Um, no, I, I see where you're going, but um, depends on when in the flight it came. If it came yeah. near the end, you you might miss it, or you might remember because it was at the end. I don't know. It's also after thirty beers. I mean, not <laughs> not just because you've got a lot of alcohol in you, but because you've had thirty different. That's beers. palate fatigue. How do you? 
how do you really even remember what beer was number four versus what beer was number 23? Yeah, I think Rick was actually keeping score, if I remember right. So he just went back and looked at the numbers. Scores are also interesting because, you know, you when you start, you tend to give less score because you don't know necessarily what's going to come up. The Russian judge gives yeah. you a... <laughs> Rick Beecham sent in an email. We were trying to figure out if Hefeweizen beer is supposed to be slowly tilted back and forth to stir up the yeast, or if you leave it settled in the bottom. The answer is yes. Every single Hefeweizen that I know of, you stir up the yeast and pour it in. And where he says, uh, slowly tilted back and forth, I usually give it a big hearty swirl. Yeah, a nice, a nice vigorous swirl, because you really want to get as much of that cake teeth as can. It adds a lot of character to the beer. Now, with wit beers, it changes. American wheat beers, wit beers, it, it does change. Some brewers will tell you to put it in the bo- in the glass. Other ones won't. We've experienced that it improves the flavor of some beers. Like, in my opinion, Celis White is amazing with the yeast. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Holy Moses, I think that if you put the yeast in, it's terrible. It, it muddies it up. It just yeah. tastes muddy. I think Upland Wheat was another one where we tasted it like that, and it got all muddy when we put the yeast, the yeast in it. So, yeah, but for Hefeweizens, it's it's a given. Give them the Absolutely. yeast. Hefeweizens are, are kind of, I know, like, when I was at the Otaro Brewery, uh, Brian Dishman was explaining to me that the Hefeweizen that they brew... Uh, is there to accentuate these? I mean, he had he, he brews a pilsner, he brews a, a dunkel, he brews uh, the hefeweizen. and the pilsner was there for to accentuate the hops, the dunkel to accentuate the malt, and the hefeweizen for the yeast. So, right, yes, that's a, that's a good way to do it. Brew a beer to accentuate each of the flavors. Which one does the water? Is that the American light lager? <laughs> I don't think they make one. Rob from Uptown. Writes, and he was very excited when he wrote this email because it's in all capital letters. <laughs> it is. All right, let me get this one. <clears throat> Thanks to Scott of East End Brewing for having the link to your program in his link section of his website. I am stoked to think this is produced by you two in Pittsburgh or somewhere else. I used to live in Colorado, and that was my first thought. I just subscribed to Draft Magazine for a year to give it a go. I was intrigued by the article of Left Hand Brewery. Brewery. I still miss the snow and the brew of Colorado 8.5 years ago. For your information, Tommy Knocker Brewery was mentioned a couple of shows back, and the beer <laughs> Maple Nut Brown Ale is the correct name in the style of the brew. Located in Idaho Springs, Colorado, great job, guys. It's on my shuffle weekly when I drive into Brew Pub Land from Uniontown, i.e. Red Star and Greensburg or John Harbors in Monroeville, for example. But my absolute favorite is Otto's in State <laughs> College. Later! Rob of Uptown. <laughs> okay, we just lost a listener. <laughs> no, thank you, Rob, for sending in the email. That was that was great. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Also, you also really, uh, he also posted a, a thing in, in our uh, forums uh, for those listeners that are not with not within a few uh, hours reach of Pittsburgh. The following would be a disappointment. Andrew Head Brewer at John Harvard's Brewhouse in Monroe has an Imperial Stout on draft right now. Uh, Rob was there last night. It was and it was dark. And delicious. Good alcohol punch, but not overpowering like some I've seen over the years. And as Scottish as good as ever. So, Very cool. You have to check that out. So. Monroe, that one is pretty is relatively close to me. It's kind of far from you. So, Yeah, I don't make it out to John Harvard's too often, but I might have to hang out or make it out there because of an Imperial Stout on yeah. top. All right, so what's next? Next, let's do uh, this beer's uh, sibling, the right. Freyach Heather Ale. This is one actually has Heather, so maybe I can reset my uh, nose buds. This is also from Heather Ale Limited. This was the one that was supposed to be drank in the, the flutes. 
Maybe I want to give that a rinse. Make sure you don't have any seaweed in your... <laughs> this is uh, Ancient Herb Dale. Is this also a Gruit or is this just... This is under the Gruit category as well. Brewed in Scotland since 2000 BC, Heather Ale is probably the oldest style of ale still produced in the world. From an ancient Gaelic recipe for long frock, Heather Ale, it has been revived and reintroduced to the Scottish culture. In the boiling brie of malted barley, sweet gale, and flowering heather are added. Then, after cooling slightly, the hot ale is poured into a vat of fresh heather flowers where it infuses for an hour before being fermented. Ooh, that smells, uh... I guess that smells like heather. It smells like a piney. Yeah. It smells a little bit wintergreeny. Now you can see why I smell the other beer. Because, I mean... Yeah. Spruce and cinnamon? Yeah. I mean, is that what you're kind of like? Spruce and cinnamon? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit like that. It's got, yeah, like you said, it's sort of a piney smell. At least what I'm familiar with, heather, being smelling like. Much more floral. and um, Yeah, I'm tasting like pine needles or something like that. Uh, kind of... Mm, I mean, how do you describe flowery in terms of a flavor? Think of potpourri and think of just how it kind of rolls around. And I get this kind of flavor that kind of rolls from the front of my mouth to the back of my I'm mouth. I'm kind of tasting it on the roof of my mouth, actually. Another one that's not... It's, it's, less, it's less aqueous in nature than... than uh, it still has the same kind of watery body to it. it. It's not bang new with the flavor. It's, it's not, not too watery, yeah. though. I think it's a good mouthfeel again. Because whenever you say something's watery, that's always a negative. It, it's not too watery, but it is a, a nice aqueous <laughs> mouthfeel yeah. for sure. The, the carbonation is a little bit stronger here, so it's a little bit more prickly, which I enjoy. It's a it's a nice combination. It's uh, it's not overpowering. The aroma smelled really piney and cinnamony. Mm-hmm. The flavor comes across more piney, not as much cinnamon or you know spicing that I smelled in the head on the nose on it. The color is is kind of a, a lighter amber, um, almost orange, almost orange. Yeah. What yeah, the aroma is very different. The aroma is, smells like um, like Anchor Christmas almost. It's very. Cinnamon, nutmeg, something like that. At least that's what I'm smelling right now. The aroma is stronger than the flavor. I would say that this would go well with... um, Well, I mean, they recommend rich and spicy foods. I'm trying to figure... I tend to like something a little bit stronger, a little bit more hoppier with a spicy food. Right. Um, You know, I'm thinking like... um, Like lamb or something really... Tender, like a roast that's really tender. Maybe not pork, though, but um, something a little more gamey than pork. See, I'm thinking actually something along the lines of artichoke or Mm. um, something more vegetably in nature. Uh, It's not really hitting me that way. I don't know. I'm just kind of hitting on lamb with the spiciness. Give it a nice, nice uh, accent to the to the lamb. I think the gaminess of a lamb compared to like other kinds of like beef roast or pork roast or something. It would, would go help. well with something gamey. I see where you're coming from. There it would uh, go really well with whale. Whale, okay, which I have had before, mm-hmm. and it is delicious. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, Jeffrey T posts on our uh, board, Jeffrey T from the Good Beer Show, we talked about finding expired Great Lakes beer. His Indiana distributor dropped them because Great Lakes kept sending them old beer. That's interesting. Also, I just learned yesterday about Great Lakes. They used to filter but not pasteurize. That's why the Great Lakes had to be kept cold. They got a pasteurizer now, so their stuff's filtered and pasteurized, and you'll see Great Lakes sitting on the shelves at your beer distributor now. Um, kind of makes me look like a dumbass because I was at Three Sons, Dogs, and Suds, and I told the owner, you know, like, you got the Great Lakes sitting on the shelf, you know, should be in this cooler because they filter but not pasteurize. Well, I went to the beer distributor yesterday and, oh, look, there's Great Lakes on the shelf. So I asked the owner, he's like, yeah, they, you know, he actually, he didn't believe the, um, the rep. He made the rep bring a letter from the brewery saying so. <laughs> Speaking of being at the beer distributor yesterday. We probably should, I was wondering if you'd want to split this. They have the, the Michelob variety pack. Varian wheat, uh-huh. Meritzen, pale ale, and porter. Sure. Tw- 20 bucks. Sure. Okay. Give that's, that a try. Worth it. Then we'll be able to comment on whether, you know. Whether it stands up. Whether Varian wheat stands yeah. up to, you know, how, how much well, we liked it when it was The out special there. keg that they had out in Idaho. Yeah. Which, we're not lying to you guys. It was really good. Yeah. Teresa writes, how did uh, she find us from Draft Magazine? And she would like to see pictures of the bottles. Yeah, I emailed Teresa back. I said, uh, I'll think about it. Let's see if I can add that to the workload. Mm-hmm. I mean, all I got to do is pull up the camera, which is actually under the desk right now, snap a shot of these guys, and post it. And now that it's easier to post the shows, maybe well, you know, I see starting to start and see photos of the, of the aftermath. <laughs> It is interesting because some of these are great labels and stuff like that too. So, mm-hmm. definitely a part of it. You know, there's a little, there's a couple things in beer news going okay. on. One is that uh, we got this from a couple people. Uh, that um, the Sheraton. Remember we talked about the Sheraton right. point thing. They're looking for, or they're trying to fill a uh, job uh, that is. Let's see, what is it? A, a chief beer officer. Yeah, the guy who's in charge of buying beer for the restaurants. Right, as well for as the whole chain. Uh, he'll he'll be leading a group to October. He or she will be leading a group to Oktoberfest. Oh, I didn't see that. Representing Star Wars, the Great American Beer Festival in Denver in October. So I mean, okay. uh, it was pretty good. Apparently, they've had like over five thousand people send in their resume. <laughs> yeah, we should send our beer resume and see how we fare. I bet you Tom Schmidling kicks our butt. Probably. Speaking of Tom, he actually gives us a, a message here. He's been thinking about subscribing to Draft Magazine, but hasn't gotten around to it, and he's too lazy, busy to go look them up and tell them. But if you get the Seabird discount subscription worked out, then they'll take the advantage of it, and it, there it is. It's up on our website. Go for the CBR discount subscription to Eight Draft Magazine. Eight dollars off, and, and we enjoyed the, uh, the, episode, the issue of Draft Magazine that we got here. Work and Brew's top national craft beer sales. Imagine that. The place that has more... Breweries per capita sells more craft beer than other places. Basically, this is just a, a little article that said the Schutz uh, Brewery has topped the national craft beer sales list, the Inversion IPA. More than 34,000 cases were sold nationally, more than double the runner-up. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Don't quite know how... I mean, that doesn't sound like the most possible, so I don't know what kind of scale they're using. Yeah. Well, the other run-up's another... Um Portland Brewery from Woodmer Brothers, a Broken Halo IPA. Must be IPAs brewed in Oregon or something. <laughs> so imagine Oregon beers would top that list. Yeah. Amazing. Pyramid's dropping its soda line. 
I did not know they had a soda line. So if you were a fan of their sodas, they're not going to be any longer produced by Pyramid. However, they're keeping their beer line. So oh, that's good because they wouldn't have much to do if they didn't have the beer. And uh, you, there won't be there won't be any layoffs from this. But they are dropping. They're selling it to the Kemper Company, I guess, or their take or the Kemper Company will take over marketing and distribution of the brand's six soft drinks, distinctive for their old-fashioned labels. Now I'm curious about the soda. Well, they have a ginger ale, orange cream, and its signature root beer. Uh, I kind of like trying, you know, like crafted sodas. Um, and listeners would legally be allowed to send those to us. Yeah. So send us some uh, pyramid soda. That'd be pretty cool. Before they become Kemper Company soda. That's a long article. <laughs> and that's the end of the news. No, no, this is the very last one about Pittsburgh stuff. It's one of those very local ones about. Uh, I missed the headline. There's some new emporiums, new beer emporiums, right? That we're getting one that Jeff talked about in the post on the pre-show, Bachtown. Uh, the other one is something called uh, Oh Barley and Hops. Okay, where's that at? That will be uh, in South Park Shops on Route 88. Okay, Bachtown's really cool. Um, got a good beer selection there. They got 12 draft beers. They're heavy on the Pennsylvania micros for the draft beer. I think they have four or five hundred different bottled beers. If you are the designated driver, you uh, drink NA drinks for free. It's non-smoking. Even if the law doesn't pass, you know, whatever, it's still going to be non-smoking. It was so cool going there on New Year's and having great beer and not being smoked out. Yeah. It was it was awesome. Um, and tell Chris that Craft Beer Radio sent you. At uh, Barley and Hops, uh, they're going to have 800 beers. So 800? Yeah. You know, you you were talking the other... We actually got an email from... Uh, or No, I got an instant messenger from one of our listeners. And uh, it was actually... We were talking about Bocktown. And you made a comment not too long ago about how the beer scene here wasn't that great. And you were talking you, you were talking about how there's not good craft beer at every bar. Lots of bars are crappy. But to me and to some of our listeners came across as you weren't happy with... Like, you couldn't find good beer here. That's No, that's not the case at all. It's, it's, it's really that I... I have a lot of friends who are not big beer fans. So when I go out with them and they do like to go to bars, they go to all plenty of bars around here. There's many bars in Pittsburgh. I mean, they say that Pittsburgh is a uh, a drinking town with a football problem. And in order to get a good in order to get good beer at a bar, I have to I have to influence my friends to go to a good bar and they are kind of few and far between mm-hmm. when you find them they're great so it's hard for you to convince your friends to drive 20 minutes when there's a bar five minutes away type thing yeah and the bars that are five minutes away um have a pretty crappy selection and the bars that are 20 minutes away have great selections but how do i get them to go there and it's unfortunate that that's what people expect in pittsburgh is they expect the relatively crappy beers Maybe they'll have Yingling. Okay, now we're drinking the Highland Brewing Tascal Ale. Tascal? Tascal! <laughs> this is a Scottish ale or a wee heavy. It is uh, 8% by volume and it pours uh, dark brown with uh, brown and highlights. It's actually, it's probably a Scotch ale, probably where you want to put it. So it's a little bit lighter now called than a wee heavy and it's heavier than a Scottish ale. Hopped with sterling hops. Pours an interesting color. It's a little bit darker than a lot of Scottish ales, Scotch ales. It's almost, it looks porter-like. 
has a alcoholic solventy aroma with some malt there. Helen Brewing Company is out of Asheville, North Carolina. Hmm. And they couldn't have brewed this beer two years ago because it's over 6%. So, yay, pop the cap. <laughs> this beer was sent to us by our friend DP, who Thanks also DP. sent us the the glasses we're drinking these beers out of. Bornum. We're drinking these out of Bornum Abiel glasses. Uh, we knew this beer was a higher alcohol beer with a lot of aroma, and so was the next one. So I figured yeah. the, the big open bowl would be a good beer to glass to drink this out of. So how do you describe this? Okay. Definitely nutmeg, um, strong nutmeg flavor with um, very bitter chocolate. Uh, alcohol flavors are definitely prominent. Hmm. Very bitter chocolate without the sweetness, I should say. It kind of Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If you can think of unsweetened chocolate, get some of that flavor. I wouldn't. For me, it's not a primary flavor, but it, I can pick it out in there. It's kind of a strong hot presence here. Ooh, it's a Sc- see Scottish ales aren't supposed to be are supposed to be very lightly hot. I know, but I, but I can really you know taste the hops here. There's there's a there's a good amount of bitterness coming from the hops. Um, I'm getting. I'm not sure if I'm I'm getting some you know some some astringent type bitterness from the malt. The alcohol's kind of complementing that and when I took that sip at a certain place on my tongue where I was expecting to detect the hops and on that spot I detected the alcohol and the like the astringency. So I'm not really tasting much hops well, out of this. Well these are sterling hops. I don't know how they go. Sterling is a English style. There's probably not much in it. This stuff here is mostly marketing speak but there is a line here that's very interesting. I was right. It's increased hop levels and modest oh. departure from the true Scotch-style ale. Bastard. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to be the smart guy here. Oh, yeah, that's so hoppy. Can't you tell? Oh, yeah, it tastes like sterling hops. <laughs> no, basically, I, I kind of detected on, on um, the roof of my mouth and a little bit in the back of my tongue. There's just it's a, sort of a... a a bitterness that, he, that I associate with It's hop. still only 27 IBUs. It's not exactly a bitter beer. No, it's still only 27. Uh, tag, tag, Tascal stands for Cauldron of the Gods in Gaelic. It's, um, again, you know, it, it is frankly a drinkable beer for an 8%. It yeah. really does go down very smooth. It's, uh, it does have high alcohol, so you're kind of... The alcohol, I'm able to pick this out more in this beer, taste the... Solvency in the alcohol more than just about any of the beers we had last week. Really? I think so. Oh, well, except for maybe the Dark Lord. Yeah, I mean, the Dark Lord was <laughs> pretty intense in, in, in all respects, really. Mm-hmm. Mm, Seattle Ben has a little post on our uh, message boards. He says he thinks Jeff and Greg were right. <laughs> I should just end there, right? On the round table, noting that brand that a brand AB bought wouldn't have its beers diluted. I think a more likely scenario is that AB buys Brewery X, maintains its currently successful line of W, Y, and Z, and then over time begins rolling out new beers 
X's hop, Hippity Hopscotch Chocolate Lager or X Brewing Pale Ale Extra Special Lager Bitter that will take the craft world beer craft beer world by blandness. <laughs> no, no, take the craft beer world by blandness. Even the larger craft beer craft brew days could easily become simply DBAs to AB. DBAs? Doing business as. Ah. Like Green Mountain Brewery. Right. Uh, the strategy of pushing crafty beers at low prices is probably the future. Reference California's new free happy hour law, which I didn't actually. He, there, there was an article here which this, I I didn't read the article, but uh, Rick Sellers was telling me about. There is a, a new law where you're allowed to give out eight ounce samples of beer now. Maybe that's what this free happy hour thing is. And the the quote Rick showed me was one of those, you know, conservative religious people saying that. Um, that's just, you know, bad. Something about when you open beer, it ferments more and the alcohol level goes up when you have an open bottle of beer or something. That's what the quote was about. It was insane. Ridiculous. Uh, so he says it's simple for AB to swoop in and buy the bar. This is Anheuser-Busch as AB. To swoop in and buy the bar around their new organic, tasty, green fest lager every now and again and they'd pull in plenty of money. Uh, you know, that's true. But Seattle, Ben, I really have to compliment you on your uh, name. Yeah, the names are great. Names are, I, I think that Anheuser-Busch is going to be hiring you in the future to name their new beers. <laughs> X's, hic- X's Hippity Hop Scotch Chocolate Lager is going to be on the shelves in 2009. I guarantee it. <laughs> Seattle, Ben, also wrote in to point out a contract beer by Jimmy Buffett. Jim Buffett will be launching a new beer called Landshark Lager under the Margaritaville brand name. The beer will be brewed by Anheuser-Busch, but the label will say Margaritaville Brewing Company. Yeah, Seattle Ben is tuned into this Anheuser-Busch stuff, isn't he? <laughs> the label for the beer was approved on 11-5-06. Oh, yay. Landshark Lager Chocolate Extra Bitter Pale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder what Landshark Lager is going to taste like. My guess, every other shitty lager AB produces. It's probably even the same formula as something else. Yeah. Brian Greenwood wrote in, Glad to hear that you guys... That, glad to hear that the Adam I sent you way back when made your wow beers for the 06 list. It's really so damn good. Enjoy the bottle I sent in November, too. Oh, we will. So, yeah, sitting on the <laughs> cellar, we're kind of waiting for a nice happy day for I that. I had a couple glasses of Adam when I was in Japan, and that was very... Yeah, Adam is the yeah. bomb. He has uh, some beers for us. The, the Abyss Imperial Stout from Deschutes. People are raving about it. He told me to go check out the Beer Advocate Northwest Forum. He says it kicks ass and would have gone great with episode 64. Well, I'm sure we'll do another Imperial Stout show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he also says happy belated birthday, Jeff. Thank you. Welcome to 30. I'm old. <laughs> Benjamin Scott writes in uh, about uh, our uh, show... It's funny to hear you guys mention the hoppiness of Storm King. I had an opportunity last week to sample some on tap and quickly dropped it. It wasn't until I was happily into a glass of Old Rasputin that I realized why I didn't really like it. And the hops was it. If you're in the mood for it, it's great, but otherwise... He also says, Too bad about Lagunitas. Good beer that I've enjoyed now and again and generally very much appreciated. Although not really thinking of it as an Imperial Stout and the sort of accepted, this is an Imperial Stout kind of beer. Right. Yours just were off. Yeah, I mean, you could see that there was good intention there. I'm tasting coffee in this beer now. Like I just got a an aftertaste that came tore through my mouth, just like one of those coffee porters we had. 
It, it came way late after the taste, so you might hit it, you might not. I'm looking for it. I'm desperate. Give it some hunting. time. The alcohol has to go away. And, you know, the moon has to be three quarters on a Tuesday. And <laughs> Monkey Toe wrote in. Great show. And we didn't scare him off. I plan on going again to Dark Lord Days 2007, and I'll get you another bottle of Dark Lord Stout. Cool. You know what? We'll drink it as soon as it comes in. We will? So it doesn't have oh, a chance to oxidize. that's a good idea. Yeah. So we'll drink it as soon as it comes in this time. And see how it goes. He also has a Three Floyds Black Sun Stout set aside for us. Wow. Uh, and he's going to get us a, a behemoth blonde barley wine. Oh, man, you you're, you rock. I'm going to have to join, put you in the Platinum Club with Gary. <laughs> DP's going to have to be in the Platinum Club soon, too. You guys are great. We love you. Speaking of club members, we really should talk about uh, what beer we are. Oh, what beer are we? Okay, the clues from episode 64, where I am a Dortmunder-style lager. I am made by a brewery who has produced beer since 1995. I am named after a local artist who painted Whistling Boy. And I have a brother who is a double-dark IPA and is named after a dead politician who is called Boss. The beer is Barrel House Brewing from Cincinnati, Ohio's Duvenek Dortmunder, named for Frank Duvenek. Correct answers are from Brian Greenwood from Portland, Oregon. Tom Schmidlin from Seattle, Washington. Chris Nord from Evansville, Indiana. Andy Beaton from Los Angeles, California. And Scott Watkins from Bonaire, Georgia. I hope I'm pronouncing Bonaire right. So the winner of a pint glass from East End Brewing by a good friend of Good Beer. There's one more. There's Brian Klauser from St. Louis, Missouri. He was a late entry. Oh. Well, Brian, we don't want to disinclude you. The winner is <laughs> Tom Schmidlin wins again. Two weeks Number in a row. Two from- you're, you're not cut off, Tom. You've been trying for so many weeks, but we're kind of limiting the winners to two. So uh, hopefully Heather hasn't sent out your glass yet, and I'll get you a double. From Seattle, Washington, Tom, congratulations. You can still, of course, you know, enter in what beer am I? You, yeah, but you, if you win, we're drawing another name. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you're the first person to win two in a row, or two uh, yeah. two glasses. So congratulations, you are beer drinker of the year. This week clues. I uh, was first brewed in 1975. My recipe changes every year. I am from a brewery who started brewing its flagship beer in 1896. So if you have a guess this week, you can send that in to wbai at craftbeerradio.com, and don't forget to tell us where you're from. I'm enjoying this Tascal ale, aren't you? Yes, I am. It's uh, it, it's it's drinkable, but it's high alcohol. But it's not. I mean, it's giving you fusels from the alcohol, but it's not right. like for for it's, a, it's not hard to go down. It's not harsh for a higher alcohol beer. It's actually relatively light tasting, don't you think? Absolutely. These, usually, these all have been. usually beers that are this strong are like covering your tongue with flavor, and this one's a refreshing beer that's strong, which is a, a rare combination. Definitely. Except for maybe a 33 export. If you drink beer to get drunk, which we don't recommend, but uh, this would be on your list, although it probably is pretty expensive. Yeah, probably. You want to move on to the final beer of the evening? The Highland Gaelic Ale. Nope, that was the pre-show beer. The Three Floyds Brian Borough Irish Red. Yes. So last week we were all excited about the Dark Lord, and it, it didn't quite live up to our expectations. 
So we're going to try another Three Floyds beer here and see how it stacks up. All right. This is an Irish red. Alcohol 5.9%. It's a spring release. We should mention the Playboy gives it 4.5 bunnies. So I was looking. They have nothing on their website about this beer, so no description. So I Googled it, and one of the top links was the Playboy review of this beer. So all that description there is from the Playboy. There, I did it at work, and I'm hoping I'm not fired now. <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't be fired for Playboy. After, probably, I, after I clicked on it, I was like... it was Hustler, you might be. There was a nice cleavage girl on the right-hand side of the article there, and I'm like... Ooh, was that unwise? <laughs> Dude, you run the network. Who's going to know? <laughs> I don't run the network. Wow, it oh. smells like a Three Floyds beer. Irish Reds are typically um, un- unobtrusive, you know, a- a- an easy drinking beer, a little bit of multi flavor. Uh, this thing smelled like uh, Alpha King almost. It's very hoppy smelling. I mean, that's pretty much all I'm getting is, is a very strong hop aroma. You know, we don't get too much Three, three Floyds here. Not like old, good old Jeffrey T. over at the Good Beer Show who has Alpha King every day for lunch. But if I remember right, I think this is hopped like an Alpha... Or the aroma hops are the same kind of hops as an Alpha King. That's crazy. And I was red having that much hops in it. Wow. You know, if I was... Again, I hate to say if I was tasting this blind because Rick's going to call me on it, but I'd say it tastes like a Three Floyds beer. <laughs> I mean, the way the hop comes across on the flavor, it's it's a mellow hopping. Reminds me a lot of the Alpha King that we've had. Um, one thing all these beers have had, this one included, is sort of a perfumey kind of essence to them. Uh, the the Gruits especially have had, they've basically haven't been hopped, so all their stuff comes from perfumey type of herbs and sort of things like that. Uh, the I guess you could say that the, what was it, the the, the Tazgale, not so much perfumey as just more solventy in yeah. terms of alcohol. But this one, again, the hop flavor I'm getting is kind of perfumey, kind of, um, the taste is somewhat similar to, and this is going to sound bad, but I don't mean it in a bad way. Uh, but there's certain aromas that I kind of um, associate with boutique soaps, I could say. And, you know, it's not soapy flavor, but there's certainly kind of a sweet, perfumey uh, flavor that I associate with aromas that are familiar to me from walking past in the mall, let's say, a big boutique shop that has some interesting aromas coming out of them from soaps or whatnot. Right. I'm not sure if I'm really getting soap. I mean, I'm tasting, you know, um, some kind of American hop in here. Let's see what. It's very good. Maybe I'm really enjoying maybe it. Maybe Centennial. I think it might be a mix of Centennial Cascade. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't really want to pronounce that I can pick out the hop flavor of this one because it's kind of a blend and it's hard to really yeah. tell. But it does taste a lot like how I remember Alpha King. <laughs> And um, there's a strong kind of bitterness hitting the, the, the sides of your tongue. Um, I mean, it's, it's a perfumey floral aroma and flavor. Interesting take on an Irish red ale. Certainly, it's certainly uh, is. I, I 
almost doubt it could actually be called that judged. Like, if you were judging this beer, I don't think it would score very well. But it's a very delicious beer. The, the irony is it's extremely delicious, but it's probably also the least drinkable of the night. Just because it... Well, yeah, I mean, this is... This isn't too out of line out of, you know, beers we normally drink. But the other beers tonight, they were light and bodied. They were so drinkable. Mm-hmm. And this one is more of a... Yeah, it doesn't you want just... You spend more time with it. Yeah, it doesn't right. slide down your throat like yeah. the other ones do. This one, you don't you don't find yourself taking as big a sip. You're taking smaller sips. You're really analyzing them more. So, yeah, and that means of drinkable. And I think ranking is going to be pretty hard tonight. It is going to be very hard because, you know, this one is excellent. But the other ones were really All good, All the too. beers were good. Um, so... You know, I'm having a hard time picking the one I liked the least. Yeah. I don't even remember very very much the, the very first one we had. The pre-show well, beer, no, the no, Gaelic no, Gale. No, I do remember because it was kind of like Genesee. So I the Highland Gaelic Gale was the pre-show beer. Okay. Uh, let me just... Um, let me hit you up with what I think. Okay. It is tough. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, yeah, I, you know, I really kind of, I think the Tazgale really, really struck a chord with me. I mean, it was alcoholic, but it also kind of had uh, really interesting flavors to it, and mm-hmm. it was very drinkable at the same time. So I'm going to put that number one, but this is really hard. Um, it's so hard. Number two, I really enjoyed a Three Floyd, so I want to put that number two just because. It's very enjoyable and drinkable, and I really like the flavors. Man. Okay, number three, I'll go with the Heather Ale. Uh, it had really interesting distinctiveness with the the flavor of uh, Heather right. and the, the floralness. Sure. Number four, I'm going to go with Highland Gaelic. It kind of brought me back to you know an old time when I used to remember that sort of uh, type of beer. It was pretty, it was pretty interesting, pretty good. And I'll just go with Kelpie Seaweed Ale last, just because it was a little more aqueous than the others. And I generally don't like beers that are a little that taste a little bit water, even though it was very good. It was right. really was very good and it was very drinkable. You know, drinking the first four beers we drank tonight really got my palate in the mood for a light bodied beer. And while I love the flavor of the the Brian. Uh, Brian Boru, the the Three Floyds beer. Liking the flavor, but it's not fitting my expectations right now. And I hate to rank it low because it's delicious. But I'm going to have to rank it on my expectations and what I enjoyed tonight. Fair enough. And I think I'm going to put... Oh, man. All five of these beers are within, like, inches of each other. Yeah, I mean, it really is true that these are all excellent beers. We recommend all of them. You know, the one I liked the most tonight, and I dare really... I say, the Gaelic Ale from the pre-show. Okay. It, I mean, we mentioned in the pre-show, I have pretty much written off the style of Irish Reds. They seem to be like a mail-it-in style. They are um, boring. They're accessible for the mass audience. And think of Killian's and yeah. you know some other ones, like a local brew pub one up here is just, it's a biggest seller because it's boring. But this Highland Gaelic was was really good. Lots of lots of caramel in there, and of course we had it a long time ago now, so I'm forgetting all the flavors. <laughs> but I remember, yeah, that was good. Imagine doing 25 of these or 30. Yeah. Um, number two is a tie for the rest of them. <laughs> no, I mean you know I'll, I'll I'll kind of just try to rank them here and. 
I think I might put the, the, the other Highland second. Tascal Ale. I don't know. I just enjoyed that. The um, the alcohol on it was a little bit high. I, I would have, I don't know. Actually, if we were taking the alcohol away, it wouldn't have had much flavor at all. Yeah, it was, the alcohol so, was very prominent. So. Yeah. And then Heather. No, no, no. Um, I hate to rank three Floyds low because I liked it so much. But again, if I'm going with expectations, I think I'm going to have to put the Heather Ale third, the three Floyds fourth, and the Kelpie last. You know, those could easily be mine. And mm-hmm. you could easily switch up pretty much any of these. Yeah. If and- I if we if I was in a different mood, if we drank the Bayern Bureau with some American pale ales and some uh, and some ambers, American ambers, if we had this Ubuntu amber ale and some other ones, I think we would have ranked it a lot higher. Yeah. Because our palate would have been ready for this flavor that we're having now. So, um, look, we're having a shorty show tonight, so a little bit short. So, thank you everybody Thanks, for Jim. listening to Craft Beer Radio. It, it it means the world to us to to you know have the fans that we do and uh, send us an email beer at craftbeerradio.com. All right, <laughs> next week we will be uh, I don't know we're drinking some more beer because that's what we do here. You think? I want to do like just just go crazy with like fried food. <laughs> French Fry Radio, episode sixty six. That's all for Craft Beer Radio. You can send us feedback to beer at craftbeerradio.com and feel free to send us an audio comment in MP3. The opening and closing music was Out of Towners from the band St. Dragon and was found on the Podsafe Music Network, music.podshow.com. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Check out craftbeerradio.com for more information.